Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Master Your Magnetism podcast, where I bring on top experts to help you create the life and relationship you've always wanted. Today, I'm excited to introduce Veronica Grant to my community. Welcome, Veronica. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here as well. Yes. For those of you who aren't familiar with Veronica, she's a life and love coach, host of the Love Life Connection podcast, and author of the book, You Are Meant for Love. Today, we have such an important topic for everyone. We're going to talk about how to turn your patterns around if you're feeling stuck in your love life. Maybe you're attracting the wrong kind of relationship partners, or you find yourself stuck on someone who's not meeting your needs or pursuing you for the kind of relationship you want. Veronica is the perfect person to bring on and talk about this. So let's dive in, Veronica. What's the first thing you have to say on this topic? Oh my goodness. Okay. So the first, I mean, I guess the very first thing, if we are backing way up is you have to stop beating yourself up over it, right? If you are like, oh God, why do I always do this? Or why do I always fall for this kind of person? Or why do I ignore red flags? I'm so dumb. I'm so naive. Or I was so dumb. I was so, so naive. When you beat yourself up like that, you you make yourself feel worse, right? Like imagine someone else saying that kind of stuff to you. It would really hurt. And we have, it has the same kind of effect when you say that kind of things to yourself. And um, so you say that to yourself and you really beat down on yourself and you really just, you know, take a hit at your self-love, self-worth, all of those things. And when you do that, then you actually become more susceptible to attracting those unhealthy, toxic kind of partners and relationships. So it's actually just almost shooting yourself in the foot. And the reason why that happens is because as humans, we all need to feel love, safety, and belonging. And everyone learned how to feel love, safety, and belonging from a long time ago, like rewinding all the way to certainly early adulthood relationships, but I would go even further back than that and look at childhood and your upbringing and your relationship with your parents and even their relationships with each other. Cause obviously that would have impacted you as well, I shouldn't say obviously, but that would impact you as well. So let me just give you examples. So let's say you have a pattern where you attract people where you feel like you have to walk on eggshells. You can't really say what you think or what you feel or what you need because either A, you just know you're not going to get it. They're not going to be able to follow through on it and you don't want to be disappointed. Or it could actually start a fight or throwing something back at you, you know, your own stuff back at you. That's a really common thing. Um, and so the question is, well, where did that pattern begin? Where did where did that feel okay? And so you have to go back into, um, you know, childhood, for example, and maybe you grew up in a house where you kind of had to walk on eggshells. You didn't want to 
say anything too much or be too much or feel too much or show too much emotion or energy or whatever, because that could have set off mom or dad's temper. And so you wanted to keep everything nice in order so that you could feel safe, so that you could feel loved. Because maybe if you were walking on the eggshells just right and nothing was going wrong, then you would also maybe get some semblance of feeling loved from your parents, right? So you're five years old or 10 years old or whatever age, and this is what you know. And so you created this deep, deep rooted belief of, oh, this is how I feel safe. This is how I feel loved. I just have to squash down my own emotions, my, my own needs, my own desires, my own personality quirks or whatever. And so now you're an adult and you're in those kinds of relationships where you feel like you have to walk on eggshells or not rock the boat or not ask for too much or not be nagging or don't be, be too much or whatever it is yeah. because you're trying to feel that love, safety and belonging that you learned a long time ago. And so consciously, you might be like, this sucks. This is not what I want. Deep in a deeper way, this is what you know. And so this is what feels familiar. And you have to rewire the brain to um, help you be more comfortable in the unfamiliar because it's very easy for familiar situations to feel comfortable. And when they feel comfortable, it's very easy to mistake that for love. Everything you're saying is so spot on. I don't know if you know this, but I actually talk about that all the time, that we're constantly being pulled towards what feels familiar to us or what yeah. love felt like to us earlier in life. So just like you said, if you had to work hard to win your parents' love or affection, or if you were only praised and felt loved by being the good girl, or when you were walking on eggshells or whatever it is, it's going to be different for everybody that's what feels like home to us. So then when a man comes along or woman, my audience here on my podcast is mostly women. So we'll speak from the women's point of view today. Let's say a man comes along who just fits right in with those old, sometimes toxic patterns. Your subconscious will just create that spark of attraction and say, this is familiar, right? You know, this, you can handle this. This is a dance you know how to do, and it will just pull you in that direction. And I think the problem happens is when we create meaning around that, like, oh, he's my twin flame, or we have this yeah. deep spiritual connection when really a lot of times these guys, especially if they're unavailable in some way or not treating you right, just fit right into those old patterns. So it sounds like healing some of those childhood wounds or patterns that haven't worked out in the past is really the key to turning this around. Do I have that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I this is where I would start every single one of my my clients. You know, a lot of times people will come to me and they're like, oh, online dating this or texting that. And I'm yeah. like, I understand it's frustrating. And those spaces can actually be quite hurtful and toxic in of themselves. I get that. And also, I would argue that whatever's going on on the apps or in the texting or whatever, it's just a manifestation of the deeper thing. Right. And so, yeah absolutely have to start there because otherwise it's just like putting out little fires, you know? And I'm like, I want to get to the source of it. I want to get to the root of it. Like if you went to the doctor because you had something wrong, would you want them to just, you know, focus on the symptoms or would you want them to cure what's actually going on? Um, and I, I use that, I use that analogy with a little hesitation because I don't want you to think of yourself as like, oh, I'm broken. I must be fixed because I don't believe that's a super helpful thing to say or think anyways, or um, you know, either way, but like, I, um, I still, I still like the idea of like, let's get to the root of it. And I do believe that a lot of the frustrations you might experience in modern dating, I'm not saying all of those are going to go away, but I think a lot of them will kind of work themselves out. And a lot of the things that might've bothered you now, because you're so sensitive to the triggers, because you're just getting bumped up against all the time. 
they're just not going to affect you in the same way because you're not needing that hit to feel to feel good, to feel worthy. That is so true. I know personally, that was exactly how things played out in my own life. Anything <laughs> online dating or just dating in general, is just more momentum of what you have going on on the inside with your thoughts and yeah. beliefs and old patterns and wounds. I mean, for me, I've been very open about the fact that I had to work with my own therapist, my own counselor, and it was night and day online dating or just trying to date before healing those wounds versus just working with him for a couple months. And then when I felt I was ready, I went online and I met my amazing husband 24 hours after joining that online dating site. And it was an amazing experience. One of the easiest things that have has ever unfolded for me. I know that's not everyone's experience with online dating, but for me personally, it was night and day between before I went in and healed some of those wounds versus after. So I'm so glad you brought that up. What's the first step for someone to start to do this. I mean, obviously working with a coach or a therapist can be so helpful, but yeah. let's say somebody comes to you and they're having a problem. Maybe they're only attracting toxic partners or they feel stuck on the people who just aren't going to be into them for the long haul. Is there something you can have them do that will help start shifting things on the inside right away? Yeah. I mean, so the very first thing to do is to actually just start what I call connecting the dots. Um, which is pretty much what it sounds like. So when you're feeling really triggered or when you are looking at your past relationships and you're like, what do these people or these relationships all have in common? Or how do I feel in these kinds of relationships? Or what's the overarching dynamic that is in this that we have in this relationship? You want to start asking yourself, when have I felt like this before? Or how does this feel familiar? And one of my favorite questions actually is, how old do I feel? Which is a very weird question when you're not familiar with inner child work, but it's actually one of my favorite questions to even ask myself when I'm just in my life, just now feeling triggered by who knows what. I'm just asking myself, how old do I feel? I'm like, oh my gosh, that's my eight-year-old self who felt like she couldn't do anything right. <laughs> she would always get in trouble or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and that alone is not going to solve everything. However, you have to begin to build the awareness because you don't know what you don't know. And while there is more healing to do after that, I, I do find that just being able to, oh, I get it. I see what I'm doing that. I mean, there's just this energy of like a release, right? It's like, oh, okay. I'm doing this because I learned how to get love in this kind of unhealthy way. And that's why I've been in these unhealthy relationships. So I'm not an idiot. I'm not someone who's not meant for love or, you know, whatever the story is that you tell yourself. And that can be so freeing because I find that when we don't understand why we do what we do or why someone can, you know, be in this happy, healthy relationship since they were like 15 and you're over here trying to like date and can't make anything work or be functional, it can be really hard, right? To not compare yourself to other people or what other people are able to do. And then because you don't know what you don't know, you have no reference other than to be like, well, it must be me. Something must be wrong with me. I must be broken or I must be doing something wrong. And while it's true that there is like a you element, right? Like you are the common denominator. It's not like a beating yourself up kind of way. It's like, oh, I just had this misunderstanding. I just learned love in this really unhealthy way. And I can, I can shift that, right? That's a much lighter energy than oh, something's wrong with me. I have to fix myself. Like, I don't even know how you do that. <laughs> That's a very like big, you're putting a lot of weight, a lot of power into that belief or that idea that 
something's wrong with you. You have to fix yourself. Um, that mm-hmm. that feels insurmountable versus like, oh, I just learned this behavior. I just learned this pattern. Okay, I can shift that. I can change that because you can. I love how you talk about not beating yourself up or blaming yourself. Something I talk about a lot is how we as women often attract a mirror image of our own masculine energy. So I think it's important to take a look at how, you, how are you talking to yourself? How are you treating yourself? And how is that being reflected back to you on the outside? So if you're attracting men who don't want to commit to you, where are you not committing to yourself? Or like you said, if you're attracting men who just make you feel like you're not quite good enough, where are you being hard on yourself or self-critical? We all have those critical voices in our heads. So I love that you come at it from that approach. And the how old are you question, how old do you feel right now is really helpful too. I've heard other experts talk about that. Do you have anything else to say on this inner child healing? Like what would the next step be? I'm so curious. I haven't talked too much about this before on my podcast, but I think it's really one of the most important things we could share with anybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the next step after that would be to, you know, once you connect the dots, the idea is that you work with either one emotion or just one age, or excuse me, not one emotion, one memory or one age at a time. Now, I recommend going through this process as many times as you need. Multiple times, you'll get really good at it. And ultimately, it'll just become the way that you relate to yourself and talk to yourself rather than, you know, the default, which might be beating yourself up or something like that. Um, So once you've identified a specific memory or age, time in your life, something like that, you're like, okay, I remember that one time when I was eight years old and I was trying to be really helpful so my mom would be in a good mood and I just... I, I dropped an egg and I broke it and the yolk went all over the place and my mom got so mad at me, right? So maybe that's the memory. I'm just making this up totally mm-hmm. off the top of my head. But let's say that's the memory that comes up and your mom just exploded and you're trying to do so good, right? You're trying to be that good little girl or whatever. Um, you might've felt a lot of things, right? You might've felt really guilty. Like, oh, I shouldn't have made that mistake. It was so dumb of me. What's wrong with me, right? That might've been the story that your eight-year-old self might have started telling, right? And so what you do is you, it's, there's a lot of vision work and meditation and inner child work. What you do is you bring that vision to your mind's eye, and then you bring your, have your adult self, your current day self, go to that vision and be the adult because your mom was super stressed about whatever was going on, probably at work or something like that. And that is what really she's getting upset at at you about, right? It's not really about the egg, but an eight-year-old doesn't necessarily understand that. She's making it about her and something's wrong with her. And so the first piece is just feeling the emotion that your eight-year-old self was feeling and letting it be okay and letting her know that it's not her fault and she can feel whatever she needs to feel and that you're here so that she can feel. Because one thing that we do is that we, no matter what your pattern is or what your exact experiences were, we on some level or in some ways, in different ways, obviously we suppress emotions or we invalidate our emotions. And when we do that, we're really, that's really what creates the pattern. Cause we're not now, when you, when you suppress your emotion, you're not really operating from your intuition or what is it that I need? Or was it, what is it that I want to feel? You're operating based on a premise of, well, what should I be doing? Or what could I be doing? Right. And Mm -hmm. when you're, when you're in that space, that's really where the patterns are created. So before we really move into the reparenting or looking at the actual action, we really just 
it's okay. You can feel upset. You can feel sad. You can feel bad. You can feel whatever you want to feel. And ideally you've picked an emotion or excuse me, a memory that's charged enough where you do feel some emotion. So you can get an emotional release out. Now, if this is brand new to some people, some people might be like, what the freak is she talking about? This sounds Mm -hmm. so weird. This was like not a big deal. It happened 30 years ago, 40 years ago, however long ago. And I, I totally get it. And also I've done this work with hundreds of clients and everyone's like, oh my God, this happened like 40 years ago. Why am I still sad about this? What's wrong with me? I'm like, don't go there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? Like that's not, that's not the direction we want to go. The direction we want to go is, wow, this thing affected me that I didn't really think was a big deal. And maybe in the grand scheme of things, dropping the egg is not really a big deal at all. But that fact that that dropping the egg was the start for it. And or an important part of the start of this pattern of, you know, trying to be perfect or again, whatever the pattern is, it was the start of that pattern and that makes it a big deal. And you've probably have been operating again from that kind of place of don't drop the egg, don't mess up, don't do whatever. Um, And when you really let yourself feel that release, you're like, oh my God, this is exhausting. I just, I just dropped an egg. It wasn't that big of a deal. Why did she get so mad? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you can have that emotional release. And then from there, it's so much easier to begin shifting the story, which gets into part three or step three of the process, which is actually the reparenting. And this is where you actually talk to that version of your inner child. And that's when you say like, it's okay. Like, this is your mom's stuff. This isn't about you. There's nothing wrong with you. This, it's like the talking. It's like parenting. What do you wish an adult had said to you at a time that at the time? Or what do you wish your mom or whoever was the adult in the memory um, said? And that's when that's what you begin to say. Um, so I'm going to pause here before I go any further. Is this making sense? I think it's so great. This is like I mentioned before, one of the most crucial things we could really share with anyone because this is often what's running the show. These programs that have just been operating for decades and decades that we might not even be aware of. So I'm loving everything you're saying. It's almost like you're acting as an advocate for that little four-year-old or eight-year-old who was maybe mistreated or felt abandoned or felt like she wasn't good enough. It's like taking her by the hand and being her representative, right? That you can do that now. You can self-soothe on the inside and be an advocate for these younger versions of yourself sort of on the outside, if that makes sense. So yeah, I would love to hear more on this. This is so great. Yeah. And I just want to say a couple things because I, I, again, I've been teaching this for a long time. So I know some questions that might be coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, One is this does not mean, this is not a referendum on your parents and how they were as parents or how they are as people or were as people or whatever. Um, This is just simply, this is what happened and this is what I made it mean and I need to heal that. So you might have a really good relationship with your parents now. Uh, You might not, but you also still might feel guilty about doing this work. And I would say that this work does not negate any love or anything else you might feel towards your parents. This is for you. And in fact, I would say that if you do this work and your parents still are, you know, with us on earth, it'll actually help you improve your relationship with them because you'll just be dealing with some stuff. There'll be less, um, triggerable. That's not really a word. You'll be, they'll be less likely to trigger you because you would have healed a lot of this stuff and they're not just like bumping up up against like these open wounds, so to speak. Um, so I, again, I know that's a common thing. So I just want to want to say that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I want to say is that 
this is true and applicable to lots of different situations and home environments. This is not only applicable or stuff that people need to do who, you know, experience divorce or death or violence or any other kind of trauma. This is really any kind of experience that you might have had being raised by a human, which I'm pretty sure all of us have been raised by humans. Humans are innately imperfect. All parents are imperfect. And there are times where your parent, no matter how wonderful as a person they are or a parent as they were um, or are, there are times where they couldn't fit your or meet your emotional needs. And you did something then to meet your needs yourself. And there's a good chance um, that that happened in a way where you learned it and maybe not the most healthy or productive of ways, or at least in a way that's not serving you anymore. Um, so this applies to, I think, really any kind of upbringing. And it's not just like the more obvious kind of trauma. Now, if you experience that, then I think inner child work, especially the connecting the dots piece will be a little easier because it might feel more obvious uh, versus if you're like, oh, my childhood was good. Right. And I'm sure it was great. Like maybe your parents dropped you off at school every day and had dinner for you and gave you a warm bed to sleep in and everything was safe. Right. And everything was good. Like that was very much my experience growing up. However, on the inside, there was a real lack of being able to manage emotions. So there was just lots of tempers and lots of yelling and lots of fighting. Um, but on the outside, everything was fine. And it was a privileged upbringing in, in many ways. So I just want to mention those two things, because those are two things where I think sometimes people can check out of doing this really important work. Yeah, I hear that all the time. Well, it wasn't really that bad, or I could relate to that myself too. But really, yeah. we all have these wounds that happen, you know, usually unintentionally, right, that yeah. can actually still affect us in our adult relationships. This is really great. I would love to bring you on for a live broadcast sometime so we can actually talk to people or answer their questions in real time. I think that would be amazing if you're yeah. open to that. Yeah, that'd be is, super fun. Is there anything else you have to say on this topic before we close out? I know we could just talk forever about this. And I also wanted to mention your online course that you have for people who wanted to go deeper into this work, right? Yeah, yeah. So the course is crappy to happy. And it's four parts. So I outlined three of the parts um, or three steps. So the connecting the dots, the emotional healing, and then the reparenting. And then the fourth step is actually talking about how you apply this in real time. Meaning mm -hmm. like when you're actually feeling triggered, or when you're actually in a situation, you're like, I need to set this boundary, I need to have this conversation, or I need to ask this uncomfortable question. Ah, what do I do? Right. So that's what really the fourth lesson is about. It's about applying everything that I talk about. So it's not just theory and sounds good, but you can actually apply it to your texting situation or the online dating situation or whatever. Um, so yeah, crappy to happy is my course that walks you through this entire process. Um, there's four lessons with some bonus lessons sprinkled in that has some more advanced inner child healing processes that you can do. Um, and you also, as a bonus at the end of the program, you can schedule a 30 minute coaching call with me. Um, because my guess is that you will most likely have a lot of stuff come up like, oh my gosh, mm. like I remember this and then this, and this is all making sense. And you'll probably want someone to kind of make sense of it with you a little bit and unpack it. And okay, what does this actually mean for my love life moving forward? So that's why I throw the coaching package or this, it's not the package, the coaching session in there. Um, I have had many clients go through it and um, they're just like, oh my God, I can't believe that I 
you know, figured this out or this, this aha is like huge for me. So I really encourage folks if they're feeling into wanting to do this work more, it's a really great foundation for inner child healing as it relates to your love life. It sounds amazing. It's just so needed out there. Is the coaching session with you included in the price of the program? Yep. Yep. Awesome. Okay. I'm so happy to be able to offer this resource. I think it's just, like I mentioned, crucial for being able to experience that love that we all want to have, right? So that'll be the first link in the description or episode details. And this was phenomenal, Veronica. I would love to bring you back on again. Like I mentioned, is there any last words of wisdom or some kind of recap that you wanted to share before we close out? You know, this is funny. This is a common question that I, that I get. And here's what I always tell people, which sounds a little bit like a cop out, but it's not. Um, My response is in your love life, you can do whatever you want. And I know that feels like a cop out because like, aren't coaches supposed to tell me what to do? And it's like, yes and no. Right. Um, We in, in, in our in dating, I find that we follow all of these arbitrary and often patriarchal kind of misogynistic rules, right? Like don't be too much. Don't ask them for too much or don't be too forthcoming or wait three hours sex and back or you got to wait until you have sex otherwise they're going to run like all of these things right mm-hmm. and so you're constantly just giving your power when I'm like who created these rules and where do they even come from and also do they even work for you and have been have they been working and so I'm really along the lines of like throw out all the rules and you do what you want right if you want to have sex the first night have sex the first night if you want to wait till marriage wait till marriage something in between that's great too and I believe that the more you do whatever you want, meaning like you text when you want, you ask for the date if you want, you set the boundary, you ask for what you want. If they can't deal with that or honor that boundary or meet you with what you're asking for or whatever it is, that person was never going to be available for the relationship that you really want. And so trying to play by these rules just to get someone to stick around is going to be a huge waste of your time and energy and emotion and all that kind of crap. So that's why I say just when it comes to your love life, do what you want. (laughs) I think that's great. That's so different than what most people are teaching out there. But I agree with that when you're with the right person. And especially when you're coming from this healed place where you're this whole healthy human being where you trust yourself, you trust that if something doesn't feel good, you can take a step back. You trust yourself not to put yourself in bad situations over and over where you're going to get hurt. You can kind of just do whatever you want. right? (laughs) And the right person's going to love you for that. They're going to see you know they're interested and that's what's going to make them fall in love. Eventually it's who you are, who you really are deep down. So that is great. I love that we ended on that. So don't forget to check out Veronica's course. That'll be the first link again in the description or episode details. Thank you so much again, Veronica. This was great. I would love to bring you back on again soon. Yeah, for sure. This was so much fun. And for everyone listening, make sure you're following my podcast so you don't miss any new episodes and feel free to leave me a rating on Spotify. That's at the top of my podcast homepage. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave me a review. If you scroll down to the bottom of my podcast homepage, that would help me out a lot. Thanks again for listening, everyone. And I hope to talk with you again very soon. If you're tired of struggling in your love life and you want a proven system to get into and maintain a relationship where you're consistently loved, valued, and cherished, go to forever1234.com. Again, that's forever1234.com.